Please join with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather together for fellowship and for worship. We come to worship you because you are our God and because you work in our lives. And because with you walk with us through, through all of it. We come to worship you because you have given us everything in your Son, our Savior. And we pray that as you touch our lives each and every day in ordinary ways, through water, through bread, through wine, that you would continue to do extraordinary things by washing away our sins and renewing and refreshing us to, to live with our eyes focused on you for here and for eternity. Be with us in your word and spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many here have ever been to a wedding? How many here have ever been to a wedding that lasts for several days? That was the custom at the time of Jesus. I mean, this was a gathering of family and friends to celebrate generally what had been expected for a long period of time. Because if you remember in that day and that age, the custom was arranged marriages through betrothals. And so families wait not for months, but for years with great expectation. And I like to think that, you know, the dads knew this was coming years in advance, so they had plenty of time to save all of the resources necessary to entertain everyone for several days. And the reason they lasted several days was often people traveled for many miles. And because there weren't any Holiday Inn Expresses or Marriott's or hotels to house everybody, you as the host were responsible for taking care of their lodging and their food while they were there. And so we read in our text this morning that they are on the third day of this wedding celebration. 
By the third day, I'm sure that the master of the feast and the ceremony is going, please, Lord, let them start leaving. Let them start going home. I'm starting to run out of things. And apparently the first thing to go is the wine. Jesus is there with his disciples. He's been invited. His mother is there, and apparently she has some sort of position of authority, or, or maybe she's just very observant. And she comes to her son, and she says they have no wine. Now, tongue-in-cheek, was she complaining that they ran out of wine? They have no wine. Or was she making an observation expecting Jesus to do something with it? You know, we in our lives have a tendency at times to whine. When things don't quite go our way, or maybe perhaps they're just a little out of sorts, and, and we just whine. We whine about all sorts of things. You know, when I was younger, and, and maybe I whined a little bit, people would come back and they'd hand me a phone and say, just call 1-800-WAH-WAH-WAH. We whine. We don't like the weather. We don't like the food. The sermon was way too long. We whine. And sometimes we don't just whine, we complain a little louder, we groan. I couldn't even figure out how to sing that hymn. Sorry, Beth. We complain and we complain against God like the Israelites. We detest this miserable food. Why have you brought us out in the wilderness to die? You know, the wine here was pretty good when you started out, but now it's tasting a little more like vinegar. And somehow the whining and the complaining is connected to the worry. We worry. Maybe the master of the feast is a little bit worried that somehow the family hasn't provided enough and he's going to have to make this work. We worry about things that are out of our control and over which we really can't do anything. We worry and we try to hold it so tight that we forget that we need to hand it over to, to God himself. He reminds us time and time again, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. He talks about taking our worries from us by taking his hand and knowing that he will be there with us through all of it. And yet so many times it's so difficult for us to see those things when we're in the midst of it. Another way of saying this is that we find it challenging to surrender life and life's situations to a loving God. 
in the whole scheme of things. Running out of wine at a wedding feast might be a, a social faux pas, but it really, in the long run, doesn't matter. It's a little thing. And yet Mary takes it to Jesus. And whether Jesus is being a little tongue-in-cheek or a little pert with his mother, it's hard to say. What would you want me to do? My time has not yet come. What does this have to do with me? I'm just a guest. Kind of reminds me of our own wedding, Lyndon, myself. We get to the wedding. We didn't really know what was happening because she's in a room by herself and I'm in a room by myself, but the wedding didn't start on time because the father of the bride and the father of the groom were setting up extra folding chairs for people who crashed the wedding. And then we get to the reception. And people again crashed the reception who weren't invited and, and a lot of guests ran next door to another Lutheran church and stole all the tables and chairs and brought them to the reception hall. And I'm sure Linda's dad the whole time is going, ouch, another number of dollars per plate. Guests who didn't expect to work all of a sudden, helping. But that's the way the body of Christ is. God guides us to a situation. And perhaps we don't expect to help or don't expect to roll up our sleeves, but all of a sudden, God calls us to the task. He reminds us, I am here. And we're going to get through this together. I'm going to walk with you through it. And I'm not going to let go. It's important for us to remember that Jesus teaches that in the very simple thing of changing water to wine. You know, that's something that we can do. We can work to change things into wine. It just takes us a lot longer to do it. We gotta go through the whole process. And I know there's gotta be in this crowd someone who's attempted to make wine with dandelions. Yep, I saw a couple hands go up. But you know, Jesus in the process he doesn't even touch the water. He has the servants draw ordinary water, and from ordinary water, he simply tells them, take it, dip some out, to the, and, and give it to the master of the feast. He simply does something extraordinary through an ordinary thing. 
You can imagine him standing back and simply directing. In the water becomes wine. And who knows what he's done. Certainly the servants, his mother, perhaps any of the disciples who were nearby. But the rest of the people there drank freely from this wine that was extraordinary, not knowing the source, not knowing where it came from. It reminds us that we have a Savior who goes to a cross and who offers His very body and blood for the sins of the world. That He died for the whole world. And that God's hand is involved still intimately in our lives and in His creation. And yet so many don't know it or don't see it. And so we face that challenge of sharing the news with the world, to let the whole world know that there is a God, a God who works through all of the circumstances and situations of life, even those that are more challenging than turning water into wine. You see, we have a God who works So that in our very lives, he is the one who can change despair into hope. That we can look at our situations and go, there is no way around this. There is no way to escape this. There is no out by our own hands. Only by God. He's the one who works by sending his son into our world to move from death to life. To move us from focusing simply and solely on this world of death and destruction to eternity in heaven with him. It's not easy. Sometimes it hurts when we face the things we face and we struggle with the things that life brings our way. But God knows that. He knows the pain. He knows the suffering. He knows what it's like to have nails driven through his hands and feet. He knows what it's like to be beaten within an inch of his life and then to be taken out and crucified. But in that action, he moves from death to life. He moves us from despair to hope. And he moves us from focusing on ourselves and on this world to focusing on him and life everlasting. 
our little whines, our little complaints, and our worries. They all disappear. They all disappear when we look to the cross and we realize that we have a Savior who takes them all upon himself. Yes, we struggle. Yes, the walk is challenging and difficult. But we go, never alone. For we know that Christ is with us. Don't be afraid to give the little things, like changing water to wine, to Jesus. Don't be afraid to take the burdens and lay them at his feet. Don't be afraid to take him the insurmountable problems we face and surrender them to him. Let him work the extraordinary from the ordinary. Let him tackle the insurmountable. Let him bring us hope and life and eternity. And the next time you raise a glass of wine, enjoy knowing that he is there. It's his blood shed for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>